Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Points Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, BH. Whomever and wherever you happen to be, we want to thank you for tuning in. It's our belief here at the Nine Points Podcast that humble and courageous individuals make up healthy families, which make up healthy communities, which finally gives us a healthier world to live in. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles by encouraging one another to apply the fruit of the Spirit within the closest relationships that make up our inner circles. In time, when these principles mature, the culture within our inner circles will promote the kind of compassionate leadership that we will need for the challenges that we will undoubtedly face in the future. <clears throat> Today's show will include three segments. Now this, the opening word that we have right now, I'm going to talk about a model of change. Uh, next is really going to be very, very different. Trust me when I tell you this. Um, I'm going to talk about something. Well, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save that for the end of the first segment. Um, And then the third segment uh, for today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about the current times we're living in, dealing with this, uh, the reality of this coronavirus and the terror that it is um, wreaking um, on all of us. So the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is a model of change. Um, when I was in school, it was called uh, Prochaska, Prochaska's Trans Theoretical Model of Change, um, and there are <clears throat> there's a lot of information about it on the internet. It's very useful. It's very useful for me in, in the type of work that I do, and also at home, to be perfectly honest with you. But I have to tell you, um, you have to be, you know, in order to use it effectively. You can't pretend. You can't just go through the motions. You have to really dedicate yourself to it. Well, you have to dedicate yourself to improvement in order for the model to really make sense to you. Um, basically, and like I said, it's on the it's on the net. Um, even though I wouldn't advise people to just casually um, read things that um, that takes a lot of time to fully master. 
Um, I would say that there's nothing wrong with just getting, you know, acclimated to the concepts. <clears throat> but this model of change I want to talk to you about, when I studied it, it was, you know, five main steps. And I'll just stick with the five that were that worked for me the most. It's pre-contemplative, contemplative, preparation, action, and maintenance. Pre-contemplation, best way to think of that is, Let's say that you have a friend that has a has a drinking pro has a gambling problem and your friend really doesn't think they have a gambling problem. They will admit <clears throat> that they gamble, but they would say that they don't have a problem with it. They might recognize that it, that their um, this thing that they like to do might upset people sometimes. But basically, they're just that's just because they need to mind their own business. <clears throat> so that's kind of an example of pre-contemplative. Pre-contemplative is there's something out there. You acknowledge that there's something there, but I really don't need to change it. Just mind your business. Contemplation or the contemplative stage is when a person looks at that gambling thing and the person that's, that's gambling after enough people have told them and after they've made a couple of mistakes and they really sit down and reflect for a while, they might say, you know what? I do have a gambling problem. I thought that it wasn't that big of a deal, but I realize right now that I do have a gambling problem. Wow. I've been, um, I've really been underestimating this situation for a long time. That's contemplative preparation. And I'm, you know, I'm just going fast and I'm going loose here. Preparation is saying, okay, not only do I know that I have a problem, I'm ready to take some specific steps to do something about it. I'm ready to look at when am I most likely to fall into this um, temptation of gambling? When am I least likely to gamble? What types of things am I most likely to gamble on? What kinds of people do I, who am I usually around when I think it is a good idea to gamble? Where do I usually go to place my bets um, and be ready to replace those things that you've been used to doing with something specific, you know, um, be ready and prepared to replace those things. Not just think about them specifically say, when I want to do this, I'm going to start doing that. A lot of times you can, you know, have a date. You can say, okay, I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And by this date, I'm going to do it. That's, that's pre-content. That's a, uh, that's contemplative. I'm sorry, that one, that part is preparation. When you're actually putting together a plan, that's preparation. Now, before I go further into the next two, I want to say that my experience is that when it comes to matters of our family, changing some of the, our behaviors that we're so used to doing and that we can excuse and rationalize, too often we vacillate between contemplative and preparation. You know, I think I do need to do something about this. I'm going to do it. This time I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do this, that, and the other. That's contemplation and preparation. The next step is where it's really is where we all have experience with it. And that's action. The action stage is where you start putting your money where your mouth is. You say, I know, ooh, I really, really, really want to do this. I, I, This is a lock. I know that I'm going to win if I do this, but I'm not going to do it because I promised, according to my plan, 
I said that the next time I wanted to do this, I would do that instead. And action is when you are consistently day in and day out finding out just how hard that temptation is to do what you've always done. All those times that you let it slide and you said that, you know, I I can stop anytime I want. Action is when you actually start to change who you are. Or you actually start to change who you are as it relates to that issue. Today, we've using the example of gambling. I know that there are people out there that believe that people don't really change. I know there are people that believe that. But I'm saying for the, you know, for the purpose of being what our families need us to do for them. And honestly, in order to be the kinds of people that God wants us to be as we move forward in life, you should believe in the ability to change. You should believe that you're not the same person that you were when you were in high school. Excuse me. Or you're not the same person that you were in your in your early 20s when you first learned some things, when you really first started to understand some things about life. If you get older, you need to build on what you know then and add to it. You might have a good foundation in your early 20s. Some people have a good foundation in their late teens, but we need to build on that good foundation because God is not finished with us until he calls us home. So action is changing specific behaviors. And then finally comes maintenance. And maintenance a lot of times is, um, at, since I know this model, I think about it this way when I, when I, as a Christian, a lot of times maintenance is like, I'm not who I used, I'm not as good as I can be, but I'm not who I used to be. And I'm aware that I could go back into this um, gambling habit that I used to have because it's just so ingrained in me. So I'm taking everything one step at a time. I'm taking it one step at a time. I I don't need anybody to tell me that I've changed. I know that I've changed. And it's not like these this temptation to go and, and gamble every once in a while doesn't still hit me every single day. <clears throat> but in the maintenance stage, I've gotten to the point where I have consistently started to replace that urge to gamble, uh, those people, or or not necessarily stop hanging with the people that you do those things with, but in, step up and enforce your will on that situation. You step up and be the man that or the woman that you promised you were going to be when you sat down to make that change. And when you are a part of a friendship or uh, or a group, when you change, the dynamics of that group changes. So if you're changing for the better, um, some people might like it. Some people might not like it. But you have committed yourself to making that change because way back in the contemplative state, you realize that what other people had told you really applies to you. And it's important for you to make these changes. So I know that later on, um, as the people looked at the model later on, they started talking about termination talk about termination. They talk about, um, you know, something else. I think they said starting over or something like that. But for the most part, all you need to remember is five stages. Everybody else thinks I've got a gambling problem. I do have a gambling problem. I need to do something about it. I am going to do these specific things to stop my gambling problem. 
then action is when you're doing it. I'm actually not, I'm actually doing different things different. I'm doing things differently and maintenance is making it keep happening. So I think I wanted to share those concepts with you because like I said, it's a really important model. It makes sense when it thinks about how many times I started something with good intentions and didn't get to my intended goal. I understand it now by looking back at that model. And I think it's applicable when it comes to the kind of example that we set for our families, the kind of example we set that we set when we were with, with our friends. We need to be accountable to ourselves. Sometimes we might have friends that want to help us to be more accountable. But until we recognize that we need to just stop thinking about it and be specific about our goals, then we then we have a chance to actually change when we're specific about our goals when we feel the sacrifices that we need to make, <clears throat> then we actually move towards doing the things that are necessary for us to grow. So as I wrap up this segment, I want to talk about how it might apply to the fruit of the spirit and our relationships. When I do something that I know causes someone else excessive pain, then the force that compels me to make amends for my mistake and replace that bad behavior should be love, not fear. When someone is coming to share an uncomfortable truth with me, I need to ask myself if God is sending this person in the name of peace. When someone is coming to share an uncomfortable truth with me, I need to trust that God wants to bless me through it so that I can find new joy. When I start to feel like my kindness is being interpreted as weakness, It's up to me to lift myself out of that negative thinking. I'm using the fruit of the spirit of God with a loved one or someone who God brought into my life for this season. For every season, there is a reason. Maybe this person really wants to communicate with more gentleness in their delivery. But they need for you or me, they need for us to demonstrate to them that love is really not soft. Love can cover a multitude of sins, and if you are patient, you may witness love transform what was originally intended to trip you up or hold you back into a goodness. If that person is not going to hurt me, my loved ones, or my property, then I need to work towards a functional solution with faithfulness and self-control. The fruit of the Spirit compels us to continue to grow, to continue to grow, to continue to learn, to continue to be courageous and humble. And if you try, if I trust me, I've made this mistake and I still make the mistake from time to time. If you try to walk that line between being humble and courageous based on what feels right to you or based on the feedback you get from other people, you will be disappointed You will be frustrated and it won't be anybody's fault. I'm just telling you from experience, God is the only one that can give you that balance. God is the one that validates you when your sacrifice is necessary and you won't have to worry about is this the right thing to do. God is the one that gives you that balance when you step up and you know that what you do has some kind of impact on someone else that they didn't want, 
but you know that you're standing, you're standing and walking towards the righteousness of God. Only God can give you that conviction and reveal to you what he wanted you to learn when you made that tough choice, even though it might cause somebody else discomfort from time to time. But again, if you just focusing on you and what feels right to you, you'll be disappointed. You won't be able to really appreciate the opportunities that God puts in front of you because it'll just feel like work all the time. So that's the we're at the end of section one, segment one. Now, what I'm about to do, I'm going to do something very, very unorthodox. I at at my job, like sometime last year, somebody talked to me about this thing called um, laughter yoga or yoga laughter, yoga laughter, laughter yoga. And basically, now I'm not I'm by no means an expert on this. And I know what it feels like. I know what it sounds like when somebody asks you to do these things. And I know what it looks like when I see other people doing it. But I'm going to ask Generation Z to come in here and I'm going to describe to them what laughter yoga is and I'm going to ask them to do it. Now, I'm, the reason that I'm going to bring this into this podcast is because this is a family podcast. And number one, we need to be able to be honest and not take ourselves too seriously. And number two, if it's something that we really, really, really don't want to do, Ask yourself, what's the harm in it? How can it hurt you? How And it was in that spirit of how is it really going to hurt me if I do this? It doesn't make sense. I don't I don't feel like it would be any good. And I had my mind made up that it was just a waste of time. But I, but I tried it and it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun for that, you know, for that season, for that situation. It was kind of fun. And the reason, uh, and again, I'm not an expert, but what I hear over and over again is that doing it, what the reason it works is your body doesn't know if the laughter is genuine or if you made it up. It's just if you laugh hard, if you genuinely laugh hard, not just ha ha ha, no, not just that little fake laugh. If you really put yourself into your, into a laugh, your body doesn't know the difference, and it changes the chemistry in your brain. Um, So I'm going to do that fun exercise with Generation Z and uh, hope I don't lose too much credibility among you guys. But, you know, um, it's something it's something to share. We're living in some times where laughter is in short supply. So the next sound that you hear after the break and after uh, Deshaun Jones singing the second verse uh, will be Z time. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rock, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers sighed. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughter. 
with our gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast all right everybody welcome back to the nine points podcast i'm flanked on my right by king and to my left i'm flanked by newbie all right we are going to do something a little bit different today i want you guys to give me a good effort that's all i'm asking i'm not i and it sounds i don't know what i don't know how you're going to feel but i'll ask you how you feel after the fact so i want you to give a good effort what this is called is um laughter yoga and i'm going to do what i'll do i'll do it first and then i want you guys to do it yeah you're concerning me i what was that you're concerning me bh all right well here's what it is here's what we do Uh, it's we'll start off my name is and then you give your name and then you laugh just laugh make yourself laugh really hard okay and then would you listen to the instruction you it's your name the name that you're using for the podcast you say your name and then we all laugh and then i'll say something that i don't like but i'll make myself laugh really really hard anyway and then after i laugh really hard everybody says very good very good very good yay I'm pretty sure it's not possible for me to make myself laugh. You have to try. You have to try. That's the reason I said I need you to get put forth a good effort. That's what it takes. This seems I wish you guys could see these faces right now. This seems like some, some people would do out of cold. I'm not here for it. Oh, no. No, 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 no. We don't talk about occults on this podcast. Thank you. This is not cult stuff. This is, I'll tell, I'll tell you why we're doing it in a minute, okay? I'll start off. My name is B.H. <laughs> ah. Okay, now I say something that I don't like. I think this coronavirus is really, really messed up. <laughs> ah, laugh ah, for real. Ah, laugh like you're gonna get some money. Hey. Laugh. <laughs> now you say, "Very good, very good, very, very good. good, yay! Very good, very good, very good. Very good. yay!" Boy, you guys talk like you don't come from rhythm. Okay, now that's what we do. Now the next time. One of you guys are going to do it. One of you guys are going to hold the microphone and I know what to say. It's like, my name is blank. And then you say something that you don't like. And then you, you know, and you laugh. And then we say, very good, very good, very good. Yay. All right. Mr. King, you go first. Hello. My name is um King. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, King, tell us something that's frustrating, scary, or whatever. That horrible, horrible... Say it. Give a sentence, though. 
the coronavirus can really, really be the the coronavirus that's outbreaking everywhere can really leave this planet. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, newbie, no, this ain't gonna work. That is not good enough. That's not good enough. Everybody here hates the coronavirus. Everybody here knows that this is a task. This is not how you really feel. I'm asking you to put yourself in the moment and ha ha, don't cut it, sister. So now the next thing we do, we do the very good, very good, very good, very good. Yay. Very good job. Okay. Newbie, your turn. What? No. No. Heck no. Yes, sir. Hi. My name is Newbie. I'm sorry. <laughs> A thing that I re- that really annoys me is um I really, 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 really do not like people. I do not like tryhards, aka people that try too hard on something, even when, when they have little to no talent. <laughs> very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Y'all got to do better than this. Next time. We don't need a whole story. We don't need a story. We just say something. Okay? We just say something that's not too controversial. Thank you for asking me. No, that what you said would have been very, very inappropriate. So thanks for asking me. So let's start again. I am BH. <laughs> okay. Um I really wish I could watch March Madness right now. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Very good. Yay. All right. King. Newbie, don't hit yourself with that. All right, King. I wish I was in my... My name is King. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Don't smile on me. Okay. I wish I was in my room play video games. <laughs> hey, y'all! These are some weak laughs. These are some weak laughs. I want you. I. Didn't you hear what I said at the beginning? Yes, sir. You, you make it real. <laughs> make it real. Very good. Very, Very good. good. Very, Very good. good. Yay! Yay! All right, newbie. What's your name? Hi, my name is Newbie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got the okay. Um, I think I really hate is that I really wish that Kentucky and Duke fans weren't so toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Very good. Very good. Yay. 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 Y
<sighs> okay. Now, listen to me, little birds. I asked you to do this exercise because it is an exercise. It is labor. It is work to make yourself laugh about something that's not funny is work. But there's nothing bad that could have happened to you if you really did it. You guys sit around and laugh about stuff that's not funny all the time. But to do it when somebody asks you to on the you know, at the moment, you act like it's the hardest thing to do because it doesn't feel genuine. The reason I wanted you guys to do that exercise is your body does not know the difference between a laugh that is really, really funny and you just going through the motions. But what happens when you laugh, when you really, really laugh really hard, it changes the chemistry in your brain. You think about the last time you laughed really, really, really hard. Were you scared? No. In the moment, in the moment when you were laughing really hard, you weren't scared, were you? Absolutely not. In the moment, if you were scared about something right before that, if you laughed so hard that you fell down, were you scared in that moment? No. No. Your body doesn't know the difference if it's something that... You picked up on you're laughing about something that came to you through your senses or if you're just if you're just making it up. I wanted you guys to do this exercise to train yourself to give yourself a boast, a, a boost of happiness. And I wanted to do this on the podcast because you guys know we're going through some very, very difficult times right now. And all of us could find more time to be happy so if you take ownership of what you have control over like oh i don't know i'm gonna make myself laugh that's something that you can have control over if you take the time to step up and take control of something then you give yourself a better chance to get through these things that are intimidating these things that can otherwise overcome you now Give me a couple of questions or or tell me how you feel. I have a question. All right. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Is mayonnaise an instrument? I'm saying this because I'm genuinely curious. What are you asking me? Is mayonnaise an instrument? Like, can you play mayonnaise? No. No, newbie. Mayonnaise isn't an instrument and horseradish isn't an instrument either. Mayonnaise is an instrument. I play with it every day on my instrument. This has to be a Z thing. Because I don't have the slightest clue what you're talking about, nor how that relates to this exercise we just did. Anybody got a question about what we just did? Or a comment? Is this thing healthy? And why should I laugh? And why should I try and force myself to laugh at things that aren't funny when I know they're not my real emotions? Is it healthy? I would say the absence of anything negative that can happen to you makes it possibly healthy. 
something that you can do on your arm that create that causes you to laugh and it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't put you in a situation where it uh, diminishes your status amongst your peers. You're not doing something to humiliate yourself. Studies say that it's healthy. Studies say that it helps your body. It loads your body with the chemicals that make it easier for you to be happy. So, yes, I would say that it's healthy. And that was the reason I asked you guys to do it, because it's a healthy thing that you can do on your own. And um, if you put yourself into it, if you really put yourself into it, hey, I mean, how's it going to hurt you? A lot. Crickets chirping? You had something to say, newbie? Um, I said that facing yourself to laugh is going to hurt a lot for me because, like, I'm a blunt person. I just want to be genuinely honest with my stuff. So I don't want to, like, lie and pretend something's funny when in reality it really isn't. And it makes them seem like a very stupid person. And I'm glad you said that because most people, when I first heard about it, I thought those things. But you got to what the reason I'm putting it in front of you guys is, number one. Who says that you're a stupid person for doing it? Number two, how do you, how do you, if you're blunt, how can you be blunt and not be happy too? I see you laugh hysterically every day. I'm just telling you to take ownership of your laughter. If you decide you're going to be happy, then you don't need somebody else to entertain you to make you happy. You don't need somebody else to pick you up if you're having a bad day. If you decide I want to be happy today, I'm going to make myself smile today, then you have the power to do that. And staying on that path of being blunt, it's your responsibility to be happy more so than it is anyone's responsibility to help you to be happy. Today was just an exercise to help you to be temporarily happy and reflect on it. And you put in what you wanted to put in. Which, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not upset with you. you it was uncomfortable because you didn't know what it was about, even though I told you what it was about. It's not something that you've ever seen me do. It's probably something you're not ever going to see me do, out, you know, out and about. But I think that one of you guys might do this just spontaneously under your own, you know, on your own. Because you're going to remember this and, and realize it wasn't that big of, that big of a deal. It wasn't that bad. That's what I think. Any other comments or questions? Mm, no, sir. I think I've learned my lesson for next time. Very good. Very good. Very good. Yay. Yay. So with that note, I guess we will conclude Z time and then I'll go into the last segment Lay down, Z's. Have a good day. Goodbye. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into the light, 
keep us forever in the path we pray lest our feet stray from the places our god where we met thee lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee shadow beneath thy hand may we forever stand true to our god true to our native land all right welcome back to the third and final segment of this podcast i'm your host bh and folks that last section that last segment was that was work um that because just like the kid said it wasn't in me it was about trying to force um trying to be intentional about happiness because you have joy on the inside if you have joy on the inside then you can be intentional about happiness and that's just you know it's not something that I'm inspired to do for the rest of my life, but it was something I was willing to do with the kids and, you know, in the quiet of your own home, you know, check it out. And you might have the same thoughts. You might have the exact same experience that I did, but it can be worse than certain a number of other things that I've tried before. So anyway, as we transition towards this third and final segment, I don't know how long it's going to be. I didn't write any notes for it. But it's been so much on my mind and in my heart. Um, I prayed before this podcast and I just I just wanted to say a couple of things before we moved on, before we moved on to the next season. And um, and that is we're dealing with this coronavirus. This coronavirus is no joke. Um, It is a force. It is a new force that we're forced to deal with on a global level. And it is forcing people like myself that have never lived like this to experience um, things that I haven't experienced for a consistent time. Um, It's like during the winter, you might hear that a winter storm is coming. And you want to go to the store and stack up and uh, stock up on certain things, but you can't get them because <clears throat> a lot of people beat you to it. But you know that, you know, you're just about to get hit and it's just going to be a day or two or a couple of days. But, you know, a few states away, nothing like this happening. It's just temporary. And in a few days, you know, when you get out, of, when you're able to leave your home, you can go to the store and get all those things. This coronavirus hit. Them shelves were empty and them shelves stay empty for weeks. I'm not used to that. And you can't go to another state for relief because the same the same fear that grips you in your home is gripping everybody in the other communities all around you. Um, The fact that it happened so suddenly and there's so much that's being learned about it each day. And different information that comes out to share with us. This is just a new, um, it's really rough. I'm not going to lie. It's really rough. Um, I know in my mind and I know in my heart that God has all of us. He has a plan for all of us. I know that God has, uh, 
has a path that he comes to us. We go to him, but he's always coming to us. So while I know that God didn't create me to be afraid, um, God knows that this is a new thing for us, even though it's not new for him. But, um, you know, I mentioned that in being similar, just on the outside, kind of similar to like a big snowstorm coming to your town. But it's also a little bit reminiscent of uh, a little bit of September the 11th um, in that things are so quiet. Um, You know, not as many people on the streets, not as much traffic, period. When you do go places, um, there aren't. I've noticed most people aren't bringing their their, uh, little kids with them. So things are just a lot quieter. Um, and also like September the 11th, um, we here in America, people put aside all the petty stuff and said, we're Americans, we're Americans. We got hit. People are happy that we're hurting right now and we're not going to allow this to change who we are. And for a little while, people put down the silly stuff. And focused on how we're going to treat each other better, how we're going to actually look this new reality in the face and show that we're stronger than the things that separate us. It's in us to be good. It's in us to be respectful, to be bold, uh, to think outside of the box, to deal with the consequences because we're willing, we have enough belief in, um, we have enough strength in our um, in our convictions to stand and deal with whatever consequences may come. As long as we come to the right conclusion, as long as we're making choices that that line up with Scripture, as long as we're making choices that might not be might not be accepted by other people, but if I can justify it in a way that that shows that I'm about trying to promote peace, make the world a better place. You can be mad. You can turn your nose up, but I'm American and it comes with the job. So during September 11th, there was this sense of community and putting the stupid stuff down. But you know, not too long after September 11th, we moved into some years where now, before this coronavirus hit, it seemed like in this country there was more unnecessary, unnecessary, immature chatter back and forth from people that you wouldn't expect it. I'm talking about people the age that are, are, are grandparents, people that are the age of grandparents that have. Um, that have established themselves as very, very credible people in this world that resort to na 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 na, uh, sticking their fingers in their ears and la 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 la, I'm not listening to you type of stuff. I mean, we're better than that. And um, it shouldn't take a pandemic to make us realize that God is not playing with us. He gives us opportunities to come to him to get advice. He gives us opportunities to celebrate what he does for us every day. He gives us his word to figure out and understand what righteousness calls for. 
He gives us his word and he gives us opportunities to say, whatever it takes, I'm willing to try it your way. And he gives us time and he puts people in our lives to do that. But going back to that first segment that um, of today's podcast, talking about the the stages of change, a lot of times we'll get to that. Yeah, I think I need to do something about it. But then before they before there's a strong commitment towards action. There is a quick rational rationalization of, well, why should I do extra? Why should I do this? If I do this, it's going to make me look weak. If I do this, the other side's not going to do it. And then they're going to the fact that I'm going out, I'm going out of character to be kind, to be respectful, um, to show that I have faith in the process that I that I'm willing to work in goodwill. People seem like they're so afraid to use the fruit of the spirit in our relationships that we would pick up the stupidest things defend the most indefensible things that that we would not have a generation ago. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I'm a Generation X guy. Um, Some of the stuff that passes for um, educational information is laughable. The things that I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to get too much on a rant, but we need each other. If we didn't need each other, we wouldn't be here. If we couldn't learn from each other, we wouldn't have the opportunity to to communicate with each other. If we didn't, if we did not reflect the one who made us and have the capacity to reflect him in a mighty way, then we would not ever, we would never be disappointed because we would think that everything is dust and mud anyway, including me. So why should I allow myself to dream for better? But anybody listening to this podcast, I know they don't apply to you. You have you have ups and downs. You get disappointed. You have fears. You have your heart taken out from you like uh, like a Mortal Kombat game. These things happen to us, but we always think that there can be better. This I want this to be the the big the last big wake up of my lifetime. I want this to be the beginning of people of God, regardless of what you want to call yourself, regardless of who you think made you, regardless of what you think happens when life ends. If you care about families, I want this pandemic to be the last alarm bell that says I need to get this right. I need to do what I need to do. It's not about what the next person does. It's about doing what's right for my family because I don't know how much longer I have. I don't know how much longer they're going to be with me. And I don't want to keep taking for granted that I've got all the time in the world to make it right. Um, This, as I said, this will be this is going to be the last podcast of the season, which honestly, at this point, don't mean a whole lot to me. you know, I, I'm not in the in the entertainment business. I don't know what it all means. I'm just changing the season because, you know, uh, <laughs> today is spring <laughs> and um, I've been doing a bunch of podcasts and and trying to keep up with all the numbers. So I guess the next season just starts the actual season. Spring starts for us, actually started for us yesterday. So season two would uh, the next podcast will officially be season two. Um, and. 
I've always wanted to have uh, to invite guests to have people that 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 know things to come out and share things about family and share things about God to give testimonies. And I've been talking to some friends in the ministry and um, in the in the weeks to come, I'm hoping that we will have uh, feedback from from ministers, possibly deacons. Um, I might, you know, maybe some friends that that have uh, that have different religious beliefs that I than I do that I definitely respect. Maybe I'll run into them. Some people that I that I went to school with at uh, you know at K State and A and M and uh, Jefferson County Public Schools, especially Mayo High School. I like Manual too. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, Manual's a, Manual's a good school. But um, anyway, um, in the in the podcast to come, I hope to have to invite guests, have them share what comes on their heart, whether it be mostly family aligned, which is what we're about on the Nine Point Podcast, or if it's more scripture, um, if it's more scripture, a word that some a spiritual person wants to share. Um, I'm going to invite I'm going to invite those people to be a part of this because, you know, it's about getting better. It's about getting better. It's about putting forth a joyful noise um, unto the Lord who made us. So for everybody that's been listening to all 27, I think, episodes to this point, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the next season being a lot better. And um, remember, wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. God bless you. Take care.